Hello, today is Monday, August 14th, 2023. I'm Adam Hartog. Sitting next to me, as always, is my court-appointed attorney, Thomas Bray, and this is episode 17 of the Breaksdown podcast, brought to you exclusively by 528 Collectibles. We have a fun episode for you guys today. We're going to talk a little soccer, a little football. We're going to do awards. We're going to do last take, worst take. Let's jump right into it. Okay, recording this just before 9 o'clock because we were trying to fill up a break on TikTok from earlier today. National Treasures, cool product. Uh, do you want to talk about that Sam Howell here? Because that was a legit monster. Yeah, Sam Howell, one of one RPA shield. It's probably the biggest card we've ever sold, or sorry, we've ever broken. It's an absolute monster. If you haven't seen it, go check out our Instagram. Uh, my brother tried to help us out. We started a little campaign with a reel. We got like 20 people to tag Sam Howell in it, but to come on the podcast, but it, he hasn't gotten back to us yet. So if you know Sam Howell, get him in contact with us. We'd love to have him on the pod. But yeah, it's an absolute monster of a card. Do you have a comp on what something like that might go for on the market? There was a YouTube video. We were in a top 10 hits video of the week, and I think he comped it at 50 to 60 grand. Oh my God. So I'm not sure if that's raw or graded, but I mean, it's absolutely insane and if he has any semblance of a career like as a starter even if it's not astounding having a one of one rpa shield of anyone is a big hit so especially from national treasures it's like the holy grail of of boxes and cards yeah yeah crazy rue can you look up what his signing bonus is i'm curious if that the, the comp price is like it's probably too low of a signing bonus he was a late pick though yeah, I would imagine it was more than that. Probably a couple hundred grand, I would I think. would hope it's yeah. more than that. 361000 Okay, so 300000 A sixth more. of his signing bonus. Yeah, that's good math, I think. I trust you. I yeah, can't, I can't do that. Six times six. 36. Yeah, yeah I learned that grand. one. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I learned that. Just that one. Yeah, that, that specific times table. I remember that little <laughs> trick. It rhymes or something. No, it doesn't even rhyme. It's just like, you just kind of it, know it. It sticks. Um... The Premier League is back. Okay, yeah, it I, is. Saturday, I was betting pretty much from the time I got here until I left. I bet Newcastle and Luton Town to draw. They both got just destroyed. I bet Luton Town because I don't like Brighton, and they were playing Brighton. Mm -hmm. And I bet Newcastle to draw because they finished in a Champions League spot last year, and they're actually, like, legit. But I thought they might have, like, a, a just a disappointing start based on nothing other than just I wanted feel. to bet something, yeah, and they won 5-1. Lutentown should have kept Horvath. That's on them. That is on them. I heard their reasoning for letting him go. Their coach said, "We're I love him to death. I am grateful for everything he did to get us here, but I just felt like we should go another way. Huh. <laughs> like, oh my God, what? Yeah. Just, that's horrible. That's you just, horrible. You just didn't want him anymore? <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Someone on, on the team, I forgot his name, is the first player to go from the National League to the Premier League with the same club. That's pretty cool. It's sick, yeah. yeah. That's it could be like cool. a Wrexham thing, but yeah, they might just have like a total inflow of talent that replaces some of the guys. Yeah. And then Chelsea played on Sunday. They played Liverpool at the bridge. They drew 1-1. So, okay. Last year, Chelsea, it was easily the worst year that I've ever followed them. The new owners took over in May 2022. They started 
under Tuchel, fired him like four games in, brought in Graham Potter from Brighton. Mm-hmm. was never, ever good. Like, yeah. it was a disaster the whole time. Fired him. His assistant took over for like a couple games, and they brought in Frank Lampard as caretaker manager, mm-hmm. who saw it through the rest of the season. Then Pochettino came in. They had a huge, like, video game-like clear out of players in the summer mm-hmm. like all the old guys mount gone mendy gone koulibaly gone excuse me you're forgetting the most important guy who's gone i said old guys but yeah pulisic gone yeah. havertz gone aspilicueta gone kovacic gone Jorginho left halfway through last year anyway point is they just totally went full like i'm just gonna get all the best young players like you would in fifa or madden or 2k or the show any of the games yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. They, last January, set a Premier League record transfer when they got Enzo Fernandez. They just broke that again with the signing of Moises Caicedo from Brighton. Pochettino, for his whole career, has favored a 4 2 3 1 formation. 4-3-2-1 formation. I'm confusing myself. But Does he do two, like a double pivot, two CDMs? Or? Yes, and that's okay, why... So that's 4-2-3-1. Yeah, so they're going to have Enzo... Romeo Lavia and Caicedo, who is by all accounts as good of a CDM as you can you can find at that age, 21. He's poised to be the best player from Ecuador ever. Not for nothing. I I, I couldn't imagine a better mentor for him than Conte, though. I would have it would have been cool if they could have kept him. It would have, but they just they just needed, needed to get to outgoings, yeah, yeah, get salaries off the books. Anyway, they didn't play that formation because one of their biggest signings, Nkunku. Uh, is out until January or December, I think. He got hurt in preseason, which was a crushing blow, but nobody knew what to expect. New manager coming off the club's worst season, totally new players. Uh, the debuts, I wrote them all down because I couldn't remember all of them. Nico Jackson, Levi Caldwell, Robert Sanchez, Axel DeSassi, Malo Gusto, and Leslie Ogachokwo. The first 20 minutes were terrible. It, it looked like the game was going to be over early. But after that initial 20 minutes, the Chelsea team came together and they were dominant. They definitely should have won. Enzo Fernandez is legitimately world class. Like I think in within the next two years, there's he's gonna have an argument that there's nobody better as a center mid in the entire world. But to go from last season, which was just devastating, to now so much promise and everything is so new and exciting and just promising this quickly does not happen very often and. And it's just really fun. It's a really exciting time to be a Chelsea fan. Producer Rue over here wants to get into the Premier League, and I'm pushing the Chelsea bandwagon on him. Don't do it. It's a trap. It's not a trap. Tyler (laughs) Adams is not coming. I know. If Tyler Adams came, I would have been full anti-Chelsea train. They're they're very much in the running for my favorite, favorite team. Uh, I'm all aboard the Milan train now. I'm, I am debating buying a Musa jersey. That might you be. You should. Yeah, that would be really cool. Number 80. That's what Ronaldinho wore. There yeah, too. he did. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. They gave Musa 80? Musa, I think, wanted 80. That was his favorite player growing up, he said. That's cool. Yeah. Did he ask for permission? Did he? Does uh, he does I don't he know. Need to, but... I don't think he would have to. But yeah, that's cool. Uh, Harry Kane to Bayern. Uh, I mean, just the idea of the current England captain leaving... The Premier League is kind of insane. It hadn't happened before that since Beckham left in 03, which is crazy. He left for over $100 million. He's joining the, the team that wins the German League like nine straight years. 
I'm happy for him because he's amazing and he has no trophies. So you'd think this is setting him up at least for one. That's all he wants yeah. is trophies now. He's uh, he's Tottenham's all-time leading goal scorer, and he's very much within reach of the Premier League all-time goal record. So he's literally just leaving because he wants to win something, which it's crazy. He's been there 19 years. He's 30, but he joined as an 11-year-old, Yeah, and they, they've won nothing. Brings me to, I guess, my point. The first thing you said about being within reach of the all-time goal record, it was Jamie Carragher and another former England player. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but they were saying winning a trophy in Germany with a team that always wins the trophies doesn't mean as much as getting the all-time Premier League goal-scoring record, and I honestly think I agree. I agree with him, but I, I but, think he's more in it for the Champions League. Yeah, that's a good argument. I didn't even consider that. For legacy purposes, okay, what's one Champions League versus being the all-time Premier League goal-scoring? Well, if he if he wins if he wins one in the next, like, two years... He could come back and he probably will. record, yeah. I was thinking that, too. He's yeah. got another World Cup cycle with England, at least one. Well, he's only 30, so yeah. yeah. Crazy that he's only 30. Yeah. He's just been around forever. Well, okay, so speaking of guys that left places where they kind of made a name for themselves to chase glory in a different league and ended up really only winning a couple useless domestic titles, Neymar has left Europe. He's moving to Saudi Arabia, a two-year, 300 million euro contract, a 99 million euro fee to PSG, and we are left with a huge story of what could have been. I have so many thoughts on this. Well, uh, first, my first thought is credit to me. Okay. Because when Ronaldo went to Saudi Arabia, I think this might have been our third episode ever, I, I brought up the idea to what's stopping them from just bringing over all the good players and paying all this money and doing it. And I said, and what's stopping them from doing it? In basketball and other sports. And they haven't done that yet. But they have now got a lot of world-class players that they're just throwing money to get. And I was kind of spot on with my prediction, so I just wanted to toot my own horn a little bit there. Okay. So that's that. Second, Neymar never should have gotten to PSG. No. The worst decision he ever made for his career. Probably would have had a Ballon d'Or if he'd stayed at Barcelona. Third, should we be watching Saudi Arabian soccer? No. Ronaldo just won the title or some something. It's like a cup tournament. Yeah, but yeah. it looked the trophy looked exactly like the, it was a mini the World, World Cup, cup trophy. Yeah. yeah. So that was he got little, his World Cup. He didn't win uh, the best, best player. player. And did you see he was I saw his reaction? Yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's probably in his contract that he has to. Oh, you're saying in his contract that they have to give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it's in his contract, like, that if he doesn't win it, like, they could cancel it or something. No, no, yeah, no, no I thought no, no, you were no. saying the It's not a stipulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's guaranteed to win the... the best player of everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he really did kind of just create this league, though. Yeah. He added so much credibility to it. He was the first... He was, Other yeah. guys tried to do it with, like, the Chinese League, and they just weren't big enough names. Yeah. I wish Neymar came to the MLS. That was my last thought. I, I just, I agree, he never should have left Barcelona. It was, it was, it was bad. I mean, and they hate him. Like, PSG fans hate Neymar. They will, like, go to his house and, like, chant, like, get out of town adjacent sayings at him. I'm sure meaner things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what they are, because I don't speak the language. Yeah. I feel like it's probably a lot meaner than 
get out of town would be my guess. Yeah, but he was the heir apparent. <laughs> like he was, I know. he was part of one of the the best attacking trios ever. The MSN, Messi, Suarez, Neymar. Yeah. He won a Champions League with Barcelona, and you're right. He was supposed to be the best player in the world at some point. He was number three at a time. Yeah. Ronaldo and Messi. Yep. And he never reached the heights that he should have. I don't think. No, definitely not. While we're still on soccer, this is my last thought. Well, Tyler Adams, what, Bournemouth? Yeah. Triggered his release clause? That's good. I like that for him. Me too. I mean, he'll play. He'll play. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I saw Josh Sargent. Scored! He looked awesome. I didn't watch the game. I saw a, a Twitter clip of all of his involvements, and he looked so good, dude. Sweet. Like, I like those highlight packages they make. Me too. But he's... Anyone who has Ferreira over Sargent is wrong. Yeah. It's not just, it's, it's not arguable. It's just wrong. 100%. So that's, yeah. Just wanted to touch on some of my U.S. boys while we were here. Uh, James Harden has called Daryl Morey a liar on videotape at some event he was doing, I think, in China. Yeah, in China. He was playing to the crowd. People in China uh, hated Daryl I didn't Morey. even connect the dots. Yeah. People in China. I, I didn't even more. connect the dots until you mm-hmm. said that. It was the ultimate sounding board for him to say something like that. Yeah. You're not going to find yeah, a place true. where they hate Daryl Morey more. <laughs> I don't think. But, I don't know. It's just more nothing. This is all nothing. It's honestly, it's his fault. I don't, I feel Harden, nothing. It's totally yeah. Harden's fault. Yeah. He didn't have to opt in. He chose to opt in. I, I'm not going to do another contract rant, but it's just, he's so. He didn't have to opt in. And I now it's coming out that Maury promised him something, maybe an extension in the last year, so he would take less money or some, something like that. Which there is also against agreement. the rules, right? I don't know if it's against the rules, but I think it was Harden agreed to take less money now so they could bring in... More guys last more year. More guys, yeah. and it was like, we'll do right by you. And now they're not doing right by him, which I also don't agree with. But he chose to opt in now, so it's not... He's the final wrongdoer here, for lack of a better term. He totally controlled his destiny. He did. He could have gone anywhere. He, if he wanted to go to the Clippers so bad, he could have gone to the Clippers. Now it's just going to be an awkward situation. It's going to be weird, and it's going to continue to be a story. And nobody wants to trade for him, it seems. It's not that nobody wants to trade for him. Nobody wants to give up a legit package. Yes. Nobody wants to give up what the Sixers... The Sixers want a package that will con- allow them to still be a contender for James Harden. On an expiring deal. Why on earth would any team give you a package that can, keeps your contender status, that are, improves your team because you're not a contender right now, for James Harden on an expiring deal when he's 33, 34, 35 years old? doesn't make any sense at all. So the Sixers are also being dumb here. Take yeah. whatever you can get. They're backed into a corner. They are, and, and like... Daryl Morey doesn't mind being uncomfortable, and he doesn't care about this, and they're going to bring Harden in, like... We saw how well this went with Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons was on a multi-year contract. He was. So they weren't as on the clock. No, they weren't. But I'm saying bringing in a disgruntled star, whatever you want to call either of them at this point, it's it doesn't work. No. For anyone. It's a lose-lose for everyone involved. And it's and this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. This is, It's bad business all around. It's not how contracts work. It's not how agreements work. It's not how business works. You just don't treat people this way on either side. And it's going to keep leading to stupid nonsense like this. And Harden calling Maury a liar, it's a funny story. It's turning on his dude, though. Yeah, no, nobody's but he's been, he's been turning on his dude. I know. Nobody has done more for James Harden than Daryl Morey, though. 
like stuck by him through thick and thin. For sure. But I'm assuming whatever more he promised him and really didn't... I think I think it was he probably promised him an extension. Yeah. And then I bet the Harden to the Rocket stuff that I said I didn't understand, and but it was so out there, I bet that was Harden's camp pushing that. Because it never seemed like they were really in on him. No, I don't think they wanted it very much. No. Why would they? You get a lot of what Harden does in Fred Van Vliet, and he's better in the locker room and a better defender. and Younger. Younger and a better leader and all that stuff. So Harden's in a bad spot, and it's his fault. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony was this past weekend. It was a pretty stacked class. In this year went was Becky Hammond, David Hickson, Dirk Nowitzki, D. Wade, Gary Blair, Gene Bess, Gene... How do you pronounce that last name? I was like Keedy. Keedy. Back-to-back Jeans. Uh, Pop, Jimmy V, Pow, and Tony Parker. It's a very iconic class for uh, our generation of growing up as NBA fans. I love seeing Dirk in. I love seeing Dwayne Wade in. People for a long time argued that Tony Parker wouldn't get in. It's just like, it's obviously getting in. But it's a, it was a really good class. So it's it's funny that that they induct coaches while they're still coaching. Yeah, I, I don't really understand. I mean, he, there's no doubt that he's worth it. Yeah, I just I don't know why they do that. I don't know what the logic is. I've, I've never really thought about it, but yeah. Uh, the college football AP Top 25, the first one of the year, was released today. The preseason poll, Georgia was first with 60 out of 63 first-place votes. Michigan was two, Ohio State three, Bama four. It was their lowest preseason start in over 10 years. And LSU rounded out the top five, which is their best preseason start in seven years. Um, I mean, Georgia, obviously, they've lost a ton of talent the last two years. But back-to-back national champions, I don't think anybody's done that. Sorry. All of the talent they lost is now on the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) a lot of it, yeah. Uh, Steady Bennett on the Rams. He looked good in preseason. Yeah, I almost gave him an award. Spoiler alert, not giving him an award. Okay. Uh, but no, I mean, nobody's won three titles in a row, I think, in the modern era. It's really a fight to see who is the king of the SEC and the king of the Big Ten. By all accounts, Georgia and Michigan, it's their conference now, two years in a row that they both won conference titles, made the playoffs. Georgia, two straight national championships, first in 40 years. It'll be really interesting to see what, what happens to Bama. Uh, I think Tyrone Milrow is probably going to start. Tennessee should be really fun. I think they're 13. Joe Milton has a cannon. He'll be really fun to watch. I'm excited for Clemson to see if they can rebound. I'm just really excited for college football to start again. What about Texas? Nobody knows who the quarterback's going to be. There's rumblings that Arch might take over at some point. But that, really? I, just, I don't know if that's just having Arch Manning on campus. People are always going to say that. Yeah. Because yours is supposed to be awesome. I already was a Heisman candidate, so... He it's, could be, yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know what you do. It's tough, because yours was the number one recruit out of high school, too, right? Yeah, point? one yeah. of the highest-rated quarterbacks ever. And it's the last year of the 14 playoff and the last year before a lot of realignment. Mm-hmm. So, things are going to change fast. Uh, speaking of college football and legends and Tennessee, Peyton Manning has taken our job at UT Knoxville. If you walked into a class, didn't know that it was, I mean, everyone probably knows, but if you didn't know, that would be like a jaw on the ground for 15 minutes moment. 
the sheriff. For football fans, absolutely. He's joining the College of Communication and Information. He's going to be a featured expert at select classes. An expert on what? My best guess is chicken parm. I would imagine it's probably in his media capacity and like yeah. the Omaha productions and all that. I would imagine that would be more of what, I mean, obviously the chicken farm thing's a joke, but I meant like, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be, I, I would, I'm just saying in reality, this yeah. is what it would be. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't trying to refute your chicken farm statement. <laughs> well, actually. Yeah, well, actually, he's not really a chicken farm guy. The so. odds that they'd bring him in for that yeah. so long. Yeah, wasn't trying to, wasn't trying to do that. Uh, we have a note here for the third QB role. Yeah, because of the 49ers. Now you're allowed to keep like an emergency quarterback on your oh, roster, okay, on, your, cool. on your game day roster. So, I didn't know they approved that. I missed that one. I think that this like, just came out in the last couple of days. Like No one's talking about it, but when I was looking for, again, slow season, but when I was looking for sports things to discuss, I found that, and I was interested. So it leaves uh, a guy like Tommy DeVito on the Giants. He could make the team now instead of being on a practice squad somewhere. Oh, that's cool. Also, amazing name. Tommy, Tommy DeVito, DeVito, yeah. yeah. You, you know uh, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons? Yeah, of course. The second guy is Tommy DeVito. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's the guy who like, discovered He's the Frankie first Valley. season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like his band. Oh, word. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. I've seen Jersey Boys like three times. I saw the play when I was younger. Really yeah, good. Yeah, the play. Really fun. The movie, there's also a movie. Yeah, I watched the end of it at your house once. With me? Yeah. Okay. No recollection of that, but it's exactly the same as the play. I could scene the whole for movie. scene. You don't remember this? Was this that one summer when we were? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. We were just doing nothing. Yeah. So that checks out. Probably ran out of things to watch. No, I don't remember this. Ed. We did a lot of nothing. It was that the summer. middle of the day. This could have been any day. Okay. You lived at my house essentially. So yeah. This could have been. Could have been anything. Uh, speaking of movies, though, huge news out of the NFL world and the movie world. I should have done some reporting on this. I, I've i had this thought for a long time now because I, I loved the movie. And a few months ago, I looked into it to see if Michael Orr and the Tui family were still, like, family. And I checked. I was doing a real deep dive because I was really bored. And I went on, like, all of their Instagram pages, all the people. No references to each other. I went on Michael Orr's. He hadn't. He hadn't uh, had them around at all. He had some big event, I think some charity event or something, and none of them were there. And I was like, something's definitely up here. There was definitely a falling out. Sure as shit, today it comes out that there was a falling out, and they screwed him over, and they never even adopted him. Yeah, conservation. Conservatorship. Conservatorship, yeah. It was the same thing that, uh, Brit- yeah, <laughs> that Britney Spears had. Oh, with her dad? Yeah. The free Britney stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So same as that. So they, he was never really a member of their family. It sounds like he was duped. Which Basically, sucks. he was bamboozled. Yeah. yeah. Hoodwinked. Yeah. Led astray. Mm-hmm. It sucks. I mean, it sucks it for suck. him. Okay. Well, it sucks for him. It sucks for us as yeah. people who like the movie. It's a yeah. great movie. It is, yeah. It taints it a little bit. It's Yeah, it's it not taints great. taints it the whole entirely. Yeah, I think it it's all stems from the fact that in the movie, he's portrayed as a dumb guy. Yeah. But in real life, he's not a dumb guy. So he says people assume that he's an idiot when he's not, which is fair. If I was portrayed as an idiot in movies, I wouldn't be happy about it. No. Even if I am one. It's like... Uh, it's not nice. It's like playing George Costanza. There's a, a Curb, like, little skit where Jason Alexander's talking about how he can't escape the perception that he's, like, this stupid, mm-hmm. impossible-to-deal-with guy. Mm-hmm. And Larry Dave is just sitting there, like, because the character of George Costanza was based on Larry David. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Martin got a new deal. Two years, fully guaranteed. 
north of 18 million a year. It's in total an eight and a half million raise uh, from what his, he was going to get under his old contract. I know holding out on a contract bothers you. It, it was going to happen. They were going to give him like a salary bump. I never thought they weren't. I just don't like that it happened. Yeah. I'm not happy for it. Okay. Just out of principle because it yeah. was like, shut up. Just, I just don't like it. All right. The whole premise is, yeah, out of principle. I don't like it. The Jets also added Dalvin Cook today. I mean, obviously they're making a title push, so they're just stacking weapons, as many as they can fit under the cap at this point. I guess this is part of where the Rodgers, uh, like, pay cut comes into play, things like this. It helps in mostly just because Brees Hall is still recovering from his injury. I, I think he's a luxury. I don't think he was necessary. I don't think he's the final piece that moves the needle. I don't, I don't even, it doesn't really do anything for me. It's, but I mean, whenever you get a, a Dalvin Cook, it's a good thing. So good for Vets fans. And the Pats added Zeke. Also, does even less for me. Does actually way less for me. Infinitely less? Infinitely less for me. They have, I think, like five already running backs on their roster. I think all of which are probably better than Zeke. Ramondre Stevenson is a better Zeke. I don't know why this was a necessary move for them. And now it just confuses me for fantasy. I'm telling you, dude, it feels a little panicky. It could be panicky, but again, it, I don't I don't see it. I'm, I'm just saying, it's not going to be fast, but over the next two years, just remember signing Zeke and be like, all right, they were kind of reaching for answers. Okay, I'll remember it. I'll keep it in mind, and I'll remember where I heard it, as you all should. Do you have anything else in housekeeping? No, that's all I got. Phil Mickelson really likes to gamble. Oh, yeah, a billion in bets placed, reportedly. Yeah, apparently he's pretty good at it, if he's been able to bet all that much. If you bet a billion dollars and you come out 100 million short, that's about as good as you can hope for. Yeah, he's got to be pretty good at it. Yeah. But I'm reading the his book, or it's not his book, it's the Unauthorized Biography. It's called Phil, He, but it's I'm reading it By right Shipnuck? Is that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I couldn't have remembered that, but yeah. Good author. I'm probably like... 60 pages in, so I'm not too far in, but it's it's really good so far. I know you're not a huge golf fan, but you, it's good enough that you would like it. All right. Okay, so for this segment, we are going to talk about some NFL win total over-unders that we like. We each picked out three overs that we liked and three unders that we like. Uh, do you want to get things started off? Sure, yeah. My first one is Chiefs over. The, the line is set at 11.5. I don't have too much on this. We kind of have already done it when we talk about Mahomes, but they have the best quarterback, best coach, best tight end, best offense, and a serviceable defense. And I have no reason to doubt them. How many they went for? 14 last year? 13 or 14? 14 sounds right. Yeah, so I have no reason to think that they'd win less than 12. Barring injury, but again, we're not here to predict injuries except for for one of my unders. Okay, yeah. I I have I have the Chiefs as one of my overs as well. They play obviously the AFC West. They also play the AFC East, which is a good division. But the they play the NFC North, who they should handle pretty easily. I would be surprised if they lose to any team in the NFC North, to be totally honest. But yeah, I mean, they have the best they have the best team. They have the best quarterback, best coach. You said it all. And I don't see 
barring injury, how someone's going to beat them six times, which is what they would need to to hit the under. And they're going to be the favorite in every game they play. Yeah. Pretty much. So I don't have any reason to think that this over won't hit. It's 11 just, and a half not... felt low, honestly. Dude, yeah. I thought I it'd agree. be at least 12 and It's half. the highest, yeah. but it just... Especially now that it's a 17-game season. Yeah, 12 and 5 seems like a a good, but somewhat not not great. up to their yeah not yeah. not their best season yeah uh one of my so i did the chiefs uh i had them also another over i like is the saints so they have the easiest easiest strength of schedule in the league the win total is set at nine and a half they play the nfc south their division which is terrible it's the worst division in football they have i don't think dennis allen's a great coach but Derek carr is a pretty established quarterback he knows what he's doing. He's a good veteran presence. That alone should give them a pretty big advantage over the rest of that division. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win at least at least four games against their division. Four and two seems totally reasonable for them. Uh, they also play the the NFC North, which we mentioned is is not a cakewalk, but it's nothing to write home about. Mm. And the AFC South, who is and, and they're also not a, a very strong division. So I think. It's maybe the Saints' division to win, and I think 9.5 is a pretty appealing number for that over-under. I don't disagree. I don't love the Saints enough to put them as a 10-game winner. It could, honestly, some of my hang-ups for this, this whole exercise was the 17-game season and the fact that 10 wins isn't what it was. Yeah. You know, like a 10-win team was a legitimate team two years ago now it's like but it's also a seven loss team now exactly so it's it just it's it's not as formidable as it once was it was hard to miss the playoffs at, with 10 wins exactly a couple years now ago. it's very plausible i'm not out on the possibility of it happening i'm not saying it won't but it's not one of my picks i just don't like the saints that much i don't like them that much but like i could totally see them going five and one in division games and they're halfway there already then yeah, no, I, again, I'm not disagreeing with the pick. I, I wouldn't place that bet, is what I'm saying. But it's because I just, to me, it's more of a toss-up. But it's your list. They're all supposed to be toss-ups, in theory. You would think, yeah. The lines yeah. are right. But for me, that one is more of a toss-up than the Chiefs. I don't hate it. It's not. I, I almost had it. It's just not as, I don't like it as much as some of the other ones. Which are? So I got Jags over 9.5. They won nine games last year, I think, with... Another year of development with Trevor Lawrence, improved continuity under Doug Peterson. They brought back Evan Ingram. They drafted uh, Tank Bigsby to help in, uh, not to be confused with Ned Bigby, um, <laughs> to help out in short yardage and goal line situations, which is where ETM struggled last year. You think Trayvon Walker with another year of development will, will improve. They're in a weak division. So all that, I, I think they're a 10 or 11 win team. Again, it's the 10 win threshold deterred me almost a little bit but considering they won nine games last year I, and i think calvin ridley is going to be really good for them everything i've seen of him in camp he's looked unbelievably fast so i just more weapons is always a good thing it's their division to lose and similar to the nfc south it's a, it's a pretty weak division yeah so for them it's i believe in the jags more than i believe in the saints so it's just that's really what it it comes down to that's why i i like this one more than that one and I agree, Peterson and Lawrence is going to. It's a tandem that is going to be around to stay. Yeah, they're good together. I think so too. What do you got for your third over? Uh, I have the Rams. So you bet I on the Rams. Yeah, very similar to the Chiefs and the Jags. 
they have the coach and they have the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They also have Aaron Donald. They have Cooper Cup. Sean McVay has shown that he can come into any situation and totally change it around and make the offense work. Uh, and the the line is six and a half. They play their division. They play the NFC East and the AFC North. So it's a tough schedule. But for Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, two Hall of Famers, I mean, they got four Hall of Famers on the team. It, it just seems like a low number. It seems more recency bias than accepting that last season could have just totally been an outlier. I, I keep going back and forth mentally. You say one thing, and I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. And then I, I go back, and I, I don't. I, the the schedule is really tough. I, I think I agree with you that they'll be better than people think for sure. I would feel better about this line if it was five and a half instead of six and a half. For some reason, that six number sticking out in my head. I just they have the quarterback, they have the coach, and they have an elite receiver. With that, you should you could probably just steal wins based on that alone. But their defense, other than Donald's, like really bad, and I think that'll hurt them a lot. But again, it's with a coach at that level and a quarterback. It's so yeah, I. I I think I like I do like the bet. I do like the bet. It, it's enough to be competitive in most games. I good coach and good quarterback. It, yeah, exactly. I, I think there's major issues with their defense. And is Cam Akers their running back? They were trying to pawn him off for nothing last year, and now he's their bell cow. So it's just it's a little bit of a weird situation. I do like the bet though. I think they're gonna be better than people think. I just I would feel more comfortable at five and a half. If there was an alternate line, I would for sure take it at five and a half. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they had eight wins for my last one i wouldn't be surprised if you hated this one but i'm going with my giants uh at over seven and a half i don't hate it i thought it was low it, it is low i thought it would be eight and a half i i think eight and a half would have been a fair line but they won nine games last year and i know a lot of them were you know one score games and but they also had a tie last year so nine wins and a tie so seven and a half feels rude regardless of how good the eagles are and the cowboys are supposed to be they won nine last year in that division and I know they're playing the AFC East and, the, you know, they have a tougher schedule than they did last year, but it's just like, they've gotten better. It just feels disrespectful to give them seven and a half. It does. It feels, it feels, it sticks out. It does. It's glaring because I think they have, I, I don't remember this now off the top of my head, but they had the, the, the commanders right around there. I think they had six and a half. Yeah. yeah Rue, six and a half. That's not right. What do the commanders do to be that close? Nothing. They, the Giants won a playoff stay. game last year. Say what you will, but seven and a half is not right. And Dable's such a good coach, and they have such a good coaching staff. For, like Regardless of how you feel about Daniel Jones, some people think he could be could take a step forward. Some people think this is who he is. I, I think he could take another step. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, but I think he's will solidify himself as a top 15. He's not going to lose you games, though. He doesn't turn the ball over anymore. He barely turned the ball over last year. His fumbling issue's gone, and... They've gotten better across the board, so I, I, seven and a half felt just really disrespectful. Um, so for unders, I have Arizona. They have the tenth hardest strength of schedule and also the, the lowest over/under win total at four and a half. They are in the NFC West. They play the NFC East and the AFC North, and it's honestly less about the rigorous schedule than it is Kyler's hurt. Who knows when he's coming back? They don't have a good team. It's probably going to be a pretty down gap rebuild year and they have the Texans pick so I think there's there's little there's not a lot of incentive to field the most competitive outfit this year I just think things are going to start bad and there will be a lot of 
reward for maintaining that status quo throughout the season. And the new coach is very analytics heavy, so I could see him being willing to sacrifice a year and for the potential of winning in the future. You know, yeah. he wouldn't fight for extra one or two extra wins at the risk of ruining future seasons. This one was in very high consideration to be picked. The only reason I didn't is just four wins is just so few in a 17-game season, so I just... Bears had three wins last year. I know, so it's there's some major issues there. I like this pick. I Thank do you. like this pick. That's a good one. At four and a half is just it's just a crazy low number. But it's lowest in the league. And deservedly so, especially because you don't know when Kyler's coming back. And they just cut DeAndre Hopkins for nothing, so it's just and I think their whole offense is gonna be James Conner. Which and is Hollywood. Not a, and Hollywood, which is not a recipe for success. No. So yeah. They're, they're gonna be really bad. And their defense is falling apart and they keep drafting linebackers who aren't any good with really high picks. So. I do like Paris Johnson Jr. though. Okay. Yeah. For my first under, I'm gonna go, I took the Raiders under 6.5. The Raiders aren't very good. Jimmy G can't stay healthy. This is what I was saying. I, we're not predicting injuries, but if Jimmy G plays 17 games, I'll be floored. Yeah. Beyond stunned, I'll be floored. Josh McDaniels is not a good coach. Yeah, there's like enough evidence there to to say that. There's plenty. Point. Yeah, it's it's enough now. And their team's just not that good. He was couldn't stay healthy on a team with a good O-line and good weapons, and now he's on a team with a bad O-line and bad weapons and bad coaching, so what is there to think that he's going to stay healthy for 17 games? And in a good division. In a good division, and their backup quarterback is Brian Hoyer, who has a sub-500 record as a starter, and he's 37 years old. If Jimmy G goes down, similar with the cards, their incentive to win is just not there in a draft with high level quarterback talent at the top of the draft could be a punt year how do you feel Raiders under six and a half good bad I I feel pretty good about the under I think I don't think they're good you're going in a divi- against Mahomes twice Herbert twice that's gonna be 0-4 you're gonna and, be out coached in almost every game yeah and even the Broncos should theoretically be better too so yeah yeah it's that one felt like a safe under for me Especially, even if Jimmy G plays 17 games, I could see it going under. But assuming he doesn't, which I am making that assumption, I I think they'll definitely go under it. Uh, One of my other unders, excuse me, is Tennessee, under 7.5. I like Vrabel. Derrick Henry's awesome. Hopkins is awesome. Jeffrey Simmons, awesome dog. It just kind of feels like they've been on the verge of mediocrity for a few years now really since that run where they beat the Ravens, the Pats and the and the Ravens. I don't think it's a talented team and it's an old team yeah. and it's a pretty expensive team and it feels like they could use a refresh and maybe that's what this season will afford them. I think it would be the best thing for them to have a refresh. I feel like they always win more games than I think they will. It's the only reason I, I wouldn't take this because myself. Because of Derrick Henry. Because of Derrick Henry and, and I just think Vrabel finds ways to win. So that, that's the only reason I wouldn't personally take the bet, but I, I like your logic behind it. I just, it's kind of like the Patriots for me. It's I, I, I don't like to bet against teams that always prove me wrong, and the Titans have proved me wrong many times before. All right. Uh, my second is, which I couldn't believe this line, is Buccaneers under six and a half. Yeah. I mean, like, I know, Way they, too high. I know they have good talent, but Baker or Kyle Trask is going to be their quarterback. And that's and also I have zero reason to believe that Todd Bowles is a good head coach. 
Yeah, I really wanted him to be, though. I, think, I like Todd Bowles. I, I like him, and I think he's a great DC, but what has he done more than Josh McDaniels to convince me that he's a good coach? He had one a good, good year coach. as the Jets head coach the first Was year. it a good year? They went they won 10 games. They missed the playoffs because they lost that oh, heartbreaker yeah, 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 in yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Better than McDaniels, though. Fair, fair enough. But the point being, he hasn't done any enough to convince me that he's actually a good coach. Also, they got they have a lot of names on that team. I don't really know if any of them are needle movers anymore. Oh, they still have Godwin and and Mike Evans, who are both very good. They're very good. Yeah. But they don't, they don't do enough to make them win seven games. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I was just saying they have talent, and but that's about it. Yeah. Six and a half is an aggressive line for them. I'm shocked. It's that just that because high. the division's really I, bad. I know, but if they win seven games, I'll be really surprised. I will too. I think it's a great under. Yeah. Uh, my last one is Cleveland. The line is nine and a half. That's high. Yeah, it is high. They play. I mean, obviously the AFC North, which is always a competitive division. The AFC South, which is bad, and the NFC West, which has good teams and and has a really bad team. So mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure where that's going to go. But this also feels like a things are just going to go south here. Stefanski's been there for a while. He's probably the best coach they've had in decades. Uh, but this is really a bet against Deshaun. If he's not good, they're going to stink. I mean, I would put him as a... What did I put him? Some version of Tannehill. Yeah. I had him even lower than you did. Yeah. I, I think he was so awful last year. I don't know what to make of him. This this could be the biggest delta from the the number to what it actually is if it goes below it. I if think he's it, bad, they could win like four games. I think it could go both ways. Oh yeah, if he I, has I, a I return so. to form. He could they could win. Return to form Tannehill is that? That's it? Was that what it was. No, that was Russ. Okay. What was he? Return to form Tannehill was Russ. What was he though? Either way, some version of Tannehill. But if he returns to form, not return to form Tannehill, <laughs> he, they, I could see them winning 12-plus games, you know? it's They have a lot of talent, but he's a big variable. And he was so awful last year, so it's hard to say. But 9.5 is high, and that division's good. And it's always, a, always good. It's a tough, yeah, tough division to win games in. I like that pick. I like that pick locks. 9.5 is, is high. And you got one more, right? Yeah, I got one more. I got the under for Texans six and a half. They won three games last year. They have a rookie quarterback. They've improved. They've gotten better, but seven wins is still it's a huge jump. It's a huge jump with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, six and a half's a lot, especially if they, three games is very few last year. So that's a big jump. Uh, I also I didn't. I, this isn't one of my three, but I was tempted by the Steelers over eight and a half just because Mike Tomlin is. Allergic to going under 500. He's yeah, never done it. And I like Pickett. I think they have a good team. Everything I've read about them is just that Matt Canada is an awful OC. Yeah, he is. Good name. Bad Great OC. Name. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I This one I really wanted to pick, but I just like my other overs better, is Vikings over 8.5. I like that. I think they're going to win the division. They won 13 games last year, and a lot. Of, I know they were a lot of miraculous come-from-behind wins, but... That's a huge drop-off from 13 to 8.5, and, and they still have Justin Jefferson. And Kirk's good, so I don't know. 8.5 felt really low. 
they're going to have some regression just because of their record in one-score games. Absolutely. That always happens, but it, it shouldn't be that extreme. But I agree. five games is a t- so much regression. I agree, yeah. I think it's it's a little extreme. Yeah. So and we, the other is uh, I have Lions 9.5 over, which I... It feels insane. It feels insane because I'm not a Jared Goff believer in any way, but they have so much talent and they shored up their secondary a little bit. And I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. And I don't know. It'll. That's an. It wasn't one I'm going to bet. It's just one that I'm going to keep. The Lions are a team to watch for me. I was leaning the under on that just because it was like a hedge against Detroit. Like they're yeah. the Lions. Things can't go good for an extended period of time. Oh, it's kind of the same as like the Cleveland. You know, betting against the Browns. Yeah, I. It's one that I will watch. Is what I will say. It's not one that I'm going to take. Okay, fair. Good segment. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Awards. Yes, let's do awards. I think you started last week. I'm pretty confident in that. That sounds right. Yeah, because I think that was us having this discussion and you being like, "I'll just start." Oh yeah. Okay. So you want to go first then? Yes. I'm giving out. The Dora the Explorer Award, specifically Crazy Steve and Drake and Josh watching Dora the Explorer and saying, you're the one with the map, don't ask me. Is this going to James Harden? No, it is not. It's okay. a it's a baseball award. It's a baseball award, okay. Is this going to Aaron Boone? No, but it is someone in the Yankees organization. One it, step higher than Aaron Boone. It's Cashman? It's Cashman. Okay. It's Cashman and the Yankees as a whole, really, but it's less so Aaron Boone. Dora's whole shtick is that there's very obvious things happening around her, but she can't seem to figure it out on her own, and she needs to call in outside help to help her out. And it seems like every single person on the outside is telling Cashman what to do, like Crazy Steve, but he won't listen, and it's time for Cashman to listen to Crazy Steve and do what everyone's telling him to do. It is so obvious that they should have sold at the deadline. They just lost the worst worst game of the season. They blew a four-run lead, five-run lead in the ninth inning. Four-run lead in the ninth inning. It was embarrassing to watch. Hard to watch. They haven't won a series, or they've won one series over the last, I think, ten. And it was against the worst team in baseball in the Royals. So, and they still somehow have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't know how it is. I want them to be mathematically eliminated so bad. The obvious thing is also just staring them in the face is to just try things out. We're in try things out mode. You want to stretch Michael King out to make him a starter? Go for it. Now's the time. You want to see Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito? Go for it. Now's the time. Ben Rourke bet kind of trash? Let's see Austin Wells. He's a lefty catcher too. Let's try him out. Everson Pereira's been tearing up AAA. Try him out. Oswald Peraza? Let's just see him for a month straight of at-bats. Let's see what he can do. That's all. Just try things out. Now's the time. We don't need to see more of what we already know. DJ LeMahieu's been out six games with a catch strain. Maybe we should just put him on the 10-day the, the IL so we can call someone up. It's why are we trying to save this season? There's nothing to be saved. They're a bad team. Even if they somehow miraculously made the playoffs, it's not going to go anywhere. They're so bad, and the problems are the same as they've been. They can't hit. And now, on top of not being able to hit, they also can't pitch. Just throw the season away. I don't care anymore. Just lose. Stop trying. If Aaron Judge needs toe surgery, go get it now so you can come back next year. Rizzo with his concussion brain, if he needs to sit out the year, sit out the year. That's fine. DJ LeMay with his calf and his toe also. They both have toe injuries. Done. 
Done for the year. That's it's. I've I've had enough. The season's over. They're done. Pull, it's stick a fork in them. Try things out. It's so obvious. It's staring you in the face. And oh, obviously we're in it to win it. No, the fuck you're not, Brian Cashman. No, the fuck you're not. You go out at the trade deadline and bring in a middle reliever for a team that doesn't need bullpen help that badly. You have so many other issues. It is staring you in the face, Dora. Do what Crazy Steve tells you. Do you think it's more likely that Cashman didn't make any moves because he feels no pressure to make moves because he doesn't feel like his job is in danger or because it's some pressure to be like, all right, this is your bed. You're going to lie in it. And we're not going to let you buy, try to buy new sheets right now because you've had enough chances to make this thing. If you can't, someone else is going to. I think Cashman is so arrogant that he believes that everything happening on the field is not his fault. It's just bad break after bad break. I think he blames, he still talks about 2017 now. That the Astros cheated, which they did, but dude, move on now. Yeah, he wants it on his resume. Yeah, it doesn't belong there. It did happen, but we didn't win. You didn't win. It was a good team. But ever since then, you've gone downhill. You've made bad decision after bad decision. And yes, there's been a lot of injuries, but that's because you're acquiring old injury-prone players. Yeah. There's been times you could have gotten Bryce Harper. You could have gotten Manny Machado. You could have <coughs> traded for Juan Soto. You could have done all of these things. You chose not to. Everyone everyone comes back to the Stanton one, which was bad, but you could have had Stanton and Bryce Harper. You could have done that. The reason you dropped payroll so in uh, 2019 to get under the CBT, the competitive balance tax, was so you could go out and get a big free agent. And what did you do? You didn't even put in an offer for these guys. So you're making bad decisions and then compounding them with more bad decisions and then making more bad decisions to try to fix them. The reason we have to trade away all our prospects for Joey Gallo, Andrew Benintendi, is because we don't have a left fielder. And the reason we don't have a left fielder is because you didn't sign them. And now we don't have any prospects, and we still don't have a left fielder. So it's just like, what are we doing here? You could have gotten Carlos Correa on a one-year deal. You could have done that. The Twins did it, and now they have him. You could have done that, and then he was going to move to third if he went to the Mets. You could have signed Correa for a one-year deal, moved him to third, and still brought up Volpe. That's what the Twins did. Yeah, I mean, well... You know, Brian Cashman has no experience bringing in a shortstop, moving him to third to accommodate a homegrown shortstop. I didn't even think of that. That is exactly what it would have been. Yeah. He's done it. He just, he's done it he's before. He's too stubborn now. Yeah, he's too full of himself, so arrogant, has to be the smartest guy in the room. Has to outsmart every single person instead of just doing what's staring him in the face. It was so, so obvious that the reason that the, the Yankees got swept by the Astros last year was because they can't hit. And I mean, we dude, do. that's been the reason they've lost every series Absolutely. the last five years. Absolutely. But this was the big offseason. You bring back Aaron Judge. You, you, you want an extra ace? Fine. You bring in Rodon. And then you come out and you say, we're not done yet. And then you are done. And then your big preseason acquisitions are Rafael Ortega and Aaron Hicks and Oswaldo Cabrera competing for left field. And then you luck into Jake Bowers. And he can't even play left field at all. He's a horrible left fielder. He's been a good hitter all year, so good for him. But that's... You can't be relying on a Jake Bowers when you have a Jose Trevino in your lineup who can't hit. When you have an Anthony Volpe who's a rookie. When you have Anthony Rizzo who's the worst player in baseball for a month and has an undiagnosed concussion that you all somehow missed. When you have all of these things and you have all these players who can't hit, you can't have other players who can't hit. And also, they're all Brady's! 
Every so often, the Akers will blow up and will be like, oh, this is, this is the team. Look at them. They're finally about to break out. Every time it happens, it's against a lefty pitcher. Every single time. Every time. We're really good against lefties because we have only righties. And it's, I don't know how many times this, this has to happen for Cash staring Cashman in the face for him to realize that it's happening. So that's why. Cashman is Dora the fucking Explorer. That's what <laughs> Explorer. we is. Explorer. Explorer. <laughs> um, my first award is the If I Could Turn Back Time Award. If I, I could turn back time. If I could find a way. What the hell is this about? Oh, oh, Neymar. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. all right. This is yeah. me wishing that I could reverse the Neymar transfer and that he would just play out at Barcelona. They would have won another two Champions Leagues. And he never would have wasted his talent and potential and prime of his career in the French capital. Yeah. We kind of already went over this a little bit. But yeah, yeah it was we don't big, to spend too much time. Big mistake. Should never left. Bad for him, bad for soccer. Honestly. Yeah, really? Yeah. This one I think you'll get, but it's the... Why are we pretending we don't know who this guy is award? Why are we pretending like we don't know who this guy is award? Not you and me. You and me are not pretending we don't know who this guy is. But but other people, there's a lot of noise pretending that they don't know who this guy is. Maybe not pretending, but saying. I have no idea. Jacoby Brissett. Am I missing something? We've talked about this so many times. I know. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, I, see, in my mind, I was like, this dude's, they're just like pretending like they don't know him. No, like literally. You're saying why are we pretending like we don't have the book on this guy written already? Yeah, we know who oh, he yeah, is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. we know who he is. Why okay. are we pretending we don't? I thought it was like, hey, let's pretend like Jim from the office, like nobody remembers who he is, kind of thing. That would be a really ins that's a really insane place for your mind to go. I feel. Producer Rue did. That's where mine went. What the hell? I get, I like get we it You said why are we pretending like we don't know who this guy is? Award. Yeah. Not why are we pretending that this guy doesn't exist? Award. <laughs> Well, not that, but like it's we. He is who we know he is. Yeah, okay, see now I get it now, but but if I say he is who we, how would you have worded it? Uh, why are we pretending like I don't know? Like <laughs> we don't know who this guy is. No, we know no, who this guy is. No, yeah. I wouldn't have said it that way because I didn't know. I didn't think of it in that frame until you told me to. But I've told you we had, no. We had this exact discussion where I said I think I used these words to you. Because I said, we know exactly who Jacoby Brissett is. Why are we pretending that we don't? True. So that's just, I just flipped it around. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the listeners also went where I did, though. I would be surprised if people thought that I was talking about an imaginary man no, not in my that, award. But, like, why are we pretending like we don't know? I was like, everyone's saying this dude, this dude, this dude, as if we don't all know it's so-and-so. I don't know. Okay. okay well, I get, I get... I get the. I understand it now. I get the assignment. It's more about that a lot of people still want Jacoby Brissett to start, and I don't understand why, because we know who he is, we know what his ceiling is, and there's no future with him. And it kind of came up because when I posted the, the Sam Howell card on our Instagram, we were getting comments that, like, oh, cool, like, card of a backup quarterback. And it's just... But why would he be the backup quarterback? What's the logic behind making Jacoby Brissett your quarterback? You're not winning a Super Bowl with him. You're not even winning a playoff game with him. You're not winning eight games with him. So why not see what you have in Sam Howell? I 100% agree with you. 
or at least like part of it. So I just don't understand what this logic is, really. I don't. I I think it's just. I don't know. People are like, oh, Jacoby Brissett looked so good. It's like, it's again, it's preseason. Who cares what he looked like? It really doesn't matter. We know who he is. We the sample size is there. The book yeah. is written on Jacoby Brissett. It's it's not on Sam Howell. It's not. I Believe agree. in him or not, it's it's not. We he could be good. You, we have no idea that he's not good. Exactly. So at we least, know Jacoby Brissett's nothing special. At least find out. Is so. Yeah, that's really why. Is I just don't understand. I don't understand the logic behind it. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like what the Yankees are doing. <laughs> way, to t- way to time together. Yeah, Dora the Explorer and Invisible Man Award. Okay, my second award of the week is the Dewey Finn Award. School of Rock. Uh, that is where his, his fame was garnered. Yeah, yeah. This could be a couple of things. I assume it's... If you don't know the story of I know the school of rocks no 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 no. something that happened in sports recently it would be tough to guess what is it do you want me just to tell you give me a hint or what sport is it baseball is it wander no no. (laughs) I don't even know I don't know how you got there but because he was hanging out with kids oh okay that's what I was I thought that's where you were going this whole time okay what is it then okay a so a pitcher on the Braves uh, I don't think he was, f- like, fully on the team, so he was, like, a substitute teacher mm-hmm. to make some money on the side, and he threw seven scoreless for the Braves the other day. So the award is going to a guy who is a substitute teacher. I don't know the story, so I... But his uh, students are like, this guy's this guy's not meant to be a substitute teacher. He's destined for great things. Okay. And then he threw seven scoreless for the Braves the other day. Dewey Finn went on a star in uh, what was the, the battle of the bands mm. so which they lost yeah they shouldn't have no but they got an encore substitute that everyone knew was not meant to do that and was destined for greater things in their preferred profession Thought his name was... is alan winnens and his students call him mr w okay I thought it was a guy who's unquestionably crossed the line with hanging out with kids and was breaking the law in doing so. No. Which is why, and when you said baseball, I was like, wow, you really took it here. So, <laughs> not Wander, but what's his name? Alan Winnens. It's a good last name. His first name is spelled A-L-L-A-N. I figured as much. That's how I imagined it being spelled. I don't know why, but yeah. That's a cool, cool story. story. Yeah. So you want to go on to last take, worst take? Yep. All right, you start. Okay. My last take, worst take this week is going to Twitter user Sean D-O-L-F-C. The L sin, LFC standing for Liverpool Football Club. I'm not sure if he's a fan, a pundit, a uh, reporter, or what. He is verified, but... Just after Liverpool missed out on Enzo Fernandez last February, he tweeted, in quotes, Liverpool have no pull, end quotes, uh, goes out the window in precisely four to five months. Since then, they have missed out on Declan Rice. They've missed out on Mason Mount. They've missed out on Moises Caicedo. They missed out on Jude Bellingham. They've missed out on Romeo Lavia. Uh, so... Liverpool have no pull. Still around in August. Okay. I think that's a good one. He was clearly very much so wrong. 
Was he just, uh, did he have a big following? This guy? I don't remember his name. You said a bunch of letters. Sean. Sean. I'd have to check. The oh, tweet LFC? got 100,000 the... views. The fact that, uh, what's his face? Caicedo said he would only play at Chelsea is pretty crazy. Because yeah. Liverpool's like, if they're good. Yeah. You know? And they it's have Liverpool. been good. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Definitely a bad take. This one is less concrete. It's what Paul Pierce said. It's going to Paul Pierce that he said he's better than Dwayne Wade and was better than Dwayne Wade. Incorrect. And had a better career or would have had a better career than Dwayne Wade. He said, put Shaq on my team. Put LeBron and Bosh with me. I'm not going to win one. You don't think? Me, LeBron, and Bosh, we're not going to win one or we're not going to win a couple. Who's the better three-point shooter? Is he a better scorer? Okay, he averaged more points than me. I can shoot the three mid-range. I can post up. I can get to the line. Who's a better scorer? Like, okay, Paul Pierce, you could do a lot of things, but just because Dwayne Wade couldn't shoot doesn't mean you were anywhere near as good as him. No, he wasn't. He top. also did play with Shaq. Granted. He did. But he but he did play with Rajon Rondo, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett. Yeah. So he had Hall of Famers on his team, too. And he did win one, but Dwayne Wade won two. Three. So, three. You're right. Three. Even better. Yeah. So... It's just a bad take, and it's Dwayne Wade was when he was inducted into the Paul the the Paul of Fame, the Hall <laughs> of Fame. Um, Paul Pierce can be in the Paul of Fame. That could be another draft. That would be a good draft, Paul of Fame draft. Yeah. Um, oh, my mind's already going on that. Blart Malkop. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I went George, and Chris. Yeah, and Cliff. Cliff yeah, Cliff's good. But either way, Paul Pierce, Hall of Famer, very good player, excellent player. Dwayne Wade's a top three shooting guard of all time. Paul Pierce is a top 15 small forward. Did Paul Pierce make the 75? He probably did. I don't remember seeing Paul Pierce as a snub on there, so I'm 99% sure he made it. So when Dwayne Wade made the Hall of Fame, I didn't even finish my thought. He said, I didn't play to be better than Paul Pierce. (laughs) So it was like, and Paul Pierce was a great player, and he probably feels he didn't get enough attention when he played, so now he's got to get attention somehow. Just a huge baller statement by Dwayne Wade. So, it is, yeah. It's just wrong. It is just wrong, loud yeah. And, loud and wrong. So, last take, worst take goes to you, Paul Pierce. That, uh, that wraps it up. Let's do it. Yeah, good show. Good Thank show. Thank you, uh, Producer Rue. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, me, I guess. That's odd. Um, Sometimes you're deserving. Tom, where can our Adoran fans follow us? All right, guys. Ready for this. You can find us on... Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Oh, we just got 1,000 TikTok followers. So thank you for following us big time. Very very exciting. Also, follow us on Instagram because I think we gained like 30 followers on Instagram too. So that was pretty cool. Um, We're on all the podcast stuffs. We're on Overcast. We're on iHeartRadio. I think I just got us on some other random one. I put us on all the podcast places. So if you listen to podcasts, you can find us, I promise. Or you're making typos, because that's on you. But you can find us. So like, comment, surprise. (laughs) Like, comment, subscribe. Leave some reviews. Do all the nice stuff. Help us out. Thank you. See you next week. Uh, 528 Breaks Down Podcast. (laughs) 